1: Hey, look, it's Friday. This week's felt long to me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually glad we're here. We're here. We're doing another podcast. It's yet another day with many, many car debates and all kinds of stuff going on. But the reason it felt long, I think, this week for me Mm. is because I'm just now getting to the end of finishing season 10. We are in the middle of season 10 on Motor (laughs) Train. Yeah,
0: we are. Well, speaking of which, episode number three is coming Saturday,
1: January 15th, 2022. That's tomorrow. Horse versus rider. Yep.
0: Horse and rider. Horse versus rider. (laughs) Well, it is the Bronco versus the Wrangler, so Mm -hmm. you kind of see where we got the name. But nevertheless, we thank our TV sponsors, starting off with Covercraft.com. They've been with us a long time. You guys have heard us talk about Covercraft. Use the code EVERYDAY22 for 10% discount and free shipping. But as of January 2022, they have announced the acquisition of Lloyd Mats. Mm-hmm. They are an interesting leading manufacturer of custom-fit carpeted floor and cargo mats for cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, and RVs, too. But yes, this under, is now in the portfolio yes, of Covercraft. Very cool. Very, cool. very interesting. Also, griosgarage.com Use the code eDriver for 15% off liquids, 10% off everything else. And then our friends at Haggerty Drivers Club, DriveShare, MotorsportReg.com, mm-hmm. Garage and Social. They have so many properties. We love our friends at Haggerty, and also announcing
1: CarParts.com yep. as well. You'll be hearing more from them for sure. They're very excited to be with us for the first half of this year for sure. Maybe more more than that, but they were just this is a conversation that kind of came up late last year mm-hmm. and we've yes. been looking for somebody that is an auto supplier for us and CarParts.com is a good fit for now. So we're very excited about it.
0: I also want to give a shout out to PowerStop and Nokian Tires. They're yes. with us for our cars of the past series and future things too but mm-hmm. we really appreciate their partnership as well so support these guys the reason we can bring these tv episodes to Completely. you is yep. because of all of them so thanks to all of them we've got a couple of great car debates first bruce is asking about a paid off car should he replace a paid off car and then later on we've got adam in colorado who writes to us about fun cars and kind of should they be connected to age I'm reading between the lines mm-hmm, of his email mm-hmm. here and he's kind of saying I'm getting a little older but I want a fun car and by old I mean 35 so. Yeah
1: he's he's ancient Man Pull you're out old the walker man it's <laughs> it's only downhill from here out there.
0: Anyway yeah Let's jump into Bruce B's email here. He found us after hearing on the Spoken Tire podcast. That's cool. Thank you. This month, well, actually, last month when he when he wrote to us, and yeah, we had fun being in town and visiting Matt. Seeing Matt for sure.
1: His his shop is so nuts. I know you guys have heard about it other places. It's so great, but it is so bespoke. That's the thing that's so interesting about it. I mean, he's wildly successful with West (laughs) West uh, Side Collector Car Storage, and I'll give him a little plug here. But what's interesting is you walk in a lot of places that do storage and he's buying other places and he's going to retrofit them. Mm -hmm. But this one, what's interesting about it is that because it's from the ground up, Mm -hmm. everything about it, you can tell they just spent time. They were just like, what's the best way to do that problem solving. Of course he's got his podcast studio, and So it was really fun to see Matt. It's the first time we'd actually been to the, been, been to the place. It was fun to see it. And all the crazy cars that are there. And all of course his cars are there. I want to stop here for a second. All the cars he stores are not his cars. There's been some confusion online because a couple of videos oh, came out. And gotcha. Matt Farah has 150 cars. No, he does not. But he has a place that will put them for <laughs> exactly. sure. He's got the building. It was fun to get the circuit
0: breaker conversation going and understand the power requirements of the building. Yes. And how he runs lifts and cannot run lifts, you know, simultaneously.
1: Yes, and he has to limit Very what cars he can charge for electric cars yeah. because he can't pull more than. I mean. Kind because of what happened is, here this guy that's a car guy goes into I'm going to build a garage and suddenly runs up against L.A. County and 8,000 uh-huh. weird restrictions on everything. Like, and he still ends up with the place, which so is so many things had to
0: be thought through. Anyway, well, Bruce writes to us on behalf of his MOF. And that's how we're going to refer to the ministers of finance from here on out. Yep. He's six foot three. She's five foot eleven. Okay. He says some background. He does consider himself a car enthusiast. 1995 his first car as a 16 year old was an 87 Camaro LT what year was yours uh,
1: it 80, was an 82 it 82. was the first year of the kit That's body that. style and the only year with the 95 horsepower four-cylinder can't get over that car. That was bad just, <laughs> it just was there's really no way around it was bad, bad. yeah <laughs> well Bruce's car had the 305
0: V8 but his speedometer only went to 85 miles an hour regulation
1: Remember where that regulation was around oh, because we yes. none of us are going to go fast if the speedo only goes to 85 why would you go fast why would you do that He says the
0: T-tops leaked. It was reliable as a 1980s American car. Mm -hmm. When his sister went to college, he took her 89 Accord for reliability. And then in 2001, his dad's 95 Isuzu Rodeo when he got the SC430 Lexus.
1: I never really liked those. I had a buddy in college who was obsessed with Isuzu Rodeos. He had like a string of them.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, I was talking about the Lexus. The oh, the Lexus is fine. Like, yeah. yeah, Anyway, well, in 03 he started in sales, drove a company car, until 2019, when he bought his first car. It's really interesting. Bought okay. his first car. He's been driving company cars, 11 cars in 16 mm-hmm. years.
1: Well, but it's 25 years worth of not buying his own car, wow. getting kind of hand-me-down, this'll-do I mean, kind of thing. Good on you for getting and around then, that cost yeah, until now. Yeah, for sure, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> He says he bought a 2018 Mazda 6 with the 2.5-liter turbo, enjoyed it immediately, immensely.
1: That's a, that's a very cool car, actually, yeah.
0: But the MOF isn't a fan of sedans mm. and low-slung cars. So given their family plans, they have a first child due in March of 2022. Congratulations. And this used car market that we're not sure is going to change all that much anytime soon. No, unfortunately. He sold the Mazda 6 and moved into a 2017 Acura RDX all-wheel drive tech in April of 2021. So he's had about a year mm-hmm. from as of this podcast recording. He says he bought that 6 for 23.5, dollars drove it for 20 months, put 20,000 miles on it, and sold it for 22. Well done there. Woo! For wow. sure. Yeah. Well, the MOF drives an 05 Toyota Highlander. She bought it from her mom in 2015. Prior to that, a Lexus Egg. This is the RX. She bought an 05. The Highlander currently has 148,000 miles. Okay. Only 7,000 of which have been added since January of 2020,
1: so about two years. Wow. It's sitting. Okay. It does very little. Yeah, all right. Now,
0: since the MOF's car is 16 years old and doesn't have any new technology, they primarily drive the RDX. Mm-hmm. Now, due to the combo of his job and that car being their primary vehicle, they've put 15,000 miles on the RDX in about three quarters of a year. It's the workhorse. Yeah, for sure. So they're looking to replace her car, but they've come into several self-imposed roadblocks. Mm -hmm. Number one, does it make sense to replace a paid off car? You only drive four or 5,000 miles a year. She works from home. Okay. Number two, do, when do you see the car market getting better for buyers? Never. <laughs> Hang on. The 12th of never. Did you, did
1: you buy the car? <laughs> yeah, anyway.
0: But now more specifically, will these current model year vehicles lose their value right off the lot and decline over the next three or four years like has been you know, for like decades? F- since the beginning of time. Pretty <laughs> much. New product worth less. As soon as they drove that three-wheeler Mercedes off the lot yeah. in 1897. <laughs> <laughs> <the> appreciation. <laughs> So, would a new car now hold its value three, four, five years from now? Their budget is $50,000. The MOF believes in used vehicles over new ones because of depreciation, but that's not true anymore. Not at the moment, for sure. Yeah. The MOF prefers reliability and sitting up high. Currently, the RDX is too low. Too low. RDX is too low. Okay. All right. (laughs) You're talking to two guys who drive pretty low sports cars. The
1: RDX is not low. I mean, I guess in the pantheon of like large SUVs, it's a little lifted (laughs) hatchback. I get it, but it's not a car they get in and be like, wow, we're sitting low here. (laughs) Like, wow, our butts Mm. are on the ground. Yeah.
0: Well, she
1: prefers a boxy look. She prefers being able to see out of the car. Mm-hmm. Thinks,
0: Bruce thinks the last one is because her two last cars had very thin pillars. And
1: those days are gone, sadly. Yeah. They are gone. I actually, sorry, side note, I drove my wife's Cayenne mm-hmm. into downtown Park City one night. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this couldn't happen ever again in a million years, but it just it worked out this way. I came down this one side street toward Main Street, okay. and there's a crosswalk. Yeah, I know, okay? I know where you're And I'm about. going slowly. I'm yeah. coming off the Main Street, going slowly. But it just so happened there was a person in the crosswalk, and they, their speed and my speed were so perfectly matched that they were hidden, while I'm moving and they're moving, behind my A-pillar. Oh, so you didn't see him. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. And I got almost to the crosswalk, and they suddenly, like, full size popped out from behind the A-pillar. I mean, just imagine oh that gosh. convergence, because my movement and their movement was just perfectly timed. You couldn't you couldn't even set this up. If you and I tried to do this as a shot. We could never duplicate it. How It funny. was just perfectly set up. They were hidden behind that thick A-pillar, How and all funny. of a sudden, like, fully formed, they appeared in front of the car. I was like, oh, my gosh. And they're looking at me like, didn't you see me? And I'm thinking, actually, no. Oh, my this gosh. This is the problem with those big, thick airbag A-pillars is they do that.
0: We've got speakers to put in there. We've got Airbags yes, and wiring yes. and
1: rain channels. Our and, current cheap cars, I mean, pardon, pardon me, not cheap cars, cars of the past. <laughs> yeah, I going to say. Without any airbags of the pillars, it's like you're sitting in a fishbowl. I know. It's amazing it's the visibility. Anyway,
0: onward. Well, the MOF wants a luxury feel and as a result has rejected the Honda Passport, the Toyota Highlander, and anything <laughs>
1: American. <laughs> By the way, just it's not in your budget because you have 50 grand, but the Escalade, I defy you to say that's not a luxury vehicle. <laughs>
0: It's pretty tall and imposing. And by that, I mean ugly.
1: And, and it's also, I mean, that is a luxury appointed vehicle. It is twice it is. your budget. It but is. you've said anything American as if there can't be anything from America that is a luxury vehicle. I I think that's wrong. a fair wrong. comment. But for fifty grand, I will take American cars off the table. All I right. take your point.
0: All right. Well, they've driven the Q7, which has poor center console storage. What are you putting in there?
1: I, filling you know, with ice? And it's and like those ones that we see that you could fit like, you know, a 12-pack or a human head in the Shrimp center cocktail. console. It's crazy what it goes in there, yeah.
0: They've driven the 2017 GLE. Also didn't like the center stack. Okay. 2018 Volvo XC90 Inscription, but they they loved that, and a 2018 Lexus GX, which she also loved. You sit pretty tall on that thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His objection to the GX was that 2005 technology in a 2018 car. You're yep. not wrong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 22. 22. I think includes up Apple CarPlay. He says, yep. but he's thinking about stretching for a new one. But he also thinks the GX would last 15 plus years and be possibly better than her last car. He liked the XC90, but after watching other videos, mm-hmm. he says it has the potential to be a, maybe a fiasco, like Possibly. Doug DeMuro's Range Rover fiasco kind I mean, of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mark from Savage Geese has had an XC90. He did a massive breakdown, pardon the pun, of uh, everything that was the deal with it for the first year of ownership. And, you know, Mark, Mark is about as specific as you can get. Yeah. Okay. So he covered it all. So I don't think that that takes that car completely out. However, I will say that also, if you look at consumer reports and other places, unfortunately, Volvo is in the bottom half of reliability in general, which is a bit of a bummer. Well, Bruce, you've already got the RDX. So mm-hmm. in my mind, you've already got an
0: SUV, but then you have the Highlander that sits.
1: Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Highlander. Yes. But so the SUV that SUVs. they have is not a big SUV. It's not a big enough SUV. His his wife's name is Leslie, by the way. Thank you for sending us her name. So she's not just the minister of finance. She has a name, Leslie. Thank you for listening. She <laughs> has a and, personality, uh, an identity, and a uh, name. Uh, hang in there. Is all I know to say. This is good. <laughs> this might get rough. Yeah. Well,
0: I understand that SUVs are what people are buying. SUVs are what people like to fit in, and you want your space and mm-hmm. your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I'm not suggesting a sports car. Yes. I. Kind of get the feeling, Bruce, that you're going to write back very soon and say, hey, guys, my wife got a new car, and I'm now looking to get rid of the RDX. What should I get? Possibly, yeah. I think that's coming. But we'll start for her right now. And, of course, the low-hanging fruit is a Mazda CX-5 Grand Touring for $40,000 new.
1: Sure. Budget 50. Yeah, they're very good.
0: But then I thought, what if you went to a Genesis GV70? Mm. Maybe a touch more. You're still probably under your $50,000 price cap, but... Wow, style, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. I love them. And we have not yet driven the G- GV70 as of right now. Driven the GV80, mm-hmm. we wore polo shirts, red and blue polo shirts. You know, We wore
1: we were golf shirts we were for the golfing, golfing related. Anyway, you'll have to watch.
0: But then I thought, what if she doesn't like that? Even though I do, mm-hmm. she doesn't like it because it doesn't sit tall enough. That's a good question. So, I do have the wild card, which is my full choice for you. Oh, okay. Because it's based upon an SUV, but isn't. Oh. It is the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Now, that's a curveball. You sit taller. You do. And it inexplicably handles well and is fun to drive. Yeah. When you're driving it, you could be convinced, you, the driver, could be convinced that you're driving an SUV. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like that. It's fun to drive and you're sitting pretty tall and Mm -hmm. then you look behind you and you think, but I have a lifestyle. I have outdoor (laughs) gear that I have to
1: fill. Somebody out there. Name a season, name a sport. Somebody out there is going to buy a Santa Cruz and I am begging you, (laughs) if you listen to this podcast and you'll do this, please send us a photo of a Hyundai Santa Cruz with a custom plate that just says lifestyle totally that's what i figure out how to spell it lifestyle is the custom plate for that because it is a lifestyle vehicle come to life (laughs) we like it but it is hysterical about that that's funny i didn't expect that all right because you've got the rdx it's the commute vehicle
0: it's your go-to vehicle at this point and then you get that santa cruz for under your budget Mm -hmm. turbocharged engine it feels so great to drive and you'll think you're driving an suv but do you need the space? Do you need another SUV with another back end that's enclosed just like every other SUV that you're going to buy? Or could you be into a new lifestyle?
1: <laughs> could this lead to... <laughs> lifestyle choices are being made, Bruce and Leslie. <laughs> your local sporting goods store
0: needs a visit from you guys because you're going to pick your sport. Maybe there's, there's this repressed thing that you used to do in your 20s. <laughs> And you no longer do because you're adults and you grew out of it. I don't windsurf
1: anymore. Boogie Dang boarding,
0: windsurfing. That's funny. Join your local pickup soccer, pickup basketball. Join a league. Get back into it. The I wonder, dirty gym clothes go back there.
1: Yuck. <laughs> pile of dirty gym clothes in the, in the bed. <laughs> the foldable canoe, the collapse-a-new thing. You collapse-a-new. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. it,
0: name a thing that goes in the back, but you've got a pickup truck now. And you can tow stuff. And now you need one of those little campers, those little off-roady campers. You're
1: just desperate to see that commercial, aren't you? I can wait. I, that's awesome. Oh man! So oh, it is wow. the
0: Hyundai Santa Cruz. Because again, do you need another SUV with that SUV? What you think is functionality? Here's an SUV that has a pickup bed functionality. Look at you! Okay. You're going to be right. into mulch and <laughs> pottery. Big You're those a... pottery outdoor things that Bruce, people like to buy. The mulch enthusiast. Tools of all kinds. Throw your bike, t- you know, over the back. Let the front tire hang over the back yep. of it with the Dakine pad, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Come on. That's, it's a new entry into a new lifestyle. This is your future, guys.
1: <laughs> Bruce is going to be the one driving that, and his wife's going to have the RDX, and <laughs> he's still complain that it's too small. This is what's going to happen. Well, that's the that's like chain of it. It's tall. Like, this is I different. Good yeah. tech. It fits in our
0: budget. Looks stylish, good, interesting. It's kind of the future where cars are going. Your license tag should say BRAT.
1: It should. <laughs> yeah. It should. let say lifestyle. It should say brat. You're Subaru absolutely brat. right. Yeah, that's very good.
0: That is my wild card. But okay. That is the truck to go investigate. Okay. It's so good. You're going to put knobbies on it. You're going to go off road. You're going to plan drives in it. You're going to, let's take that fire road. Where does that lead to? I think it leads to a Subaru commercial. Uh. <laughs> Right up this oh trail, gosh. just around that corner. It's, it's a super, there's gonna be super
1: They're shooting it right they're around shooting, the corner. Come on, I promise go. you, it's going to be great. Uh, Leslie, I'm going to speak to you for a minute, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things that Bruce might have uh, tried to say, but uh, I, I am over here, and he is there with you. So <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it. Okay. And that is, um, what's wrong with low cars? What's the problem? What's the problem? Families have survived in low-slung cars. Europe Families have been survives. have traveled around in sedans forever. Yes. The it appears, and maybe maybe it's just the way you wrote it, Bruce, but it appears that there that you have driven an you have written an equal sign between large car is the only thing that works for family. Mm. And I want to say that's not right. <laughs> it's just not. It, now I know it's it's the standard reality. I know that's what we do. We go well. I'm going to have a family, so let's get the biggest, most. If I could get a train car, I would. So let's just get the biggest monster thing we possibly can, cause family. Uh. And look, I'll be honest. When my wife and I were pregnant, we got rid of our Tahoe because it was also two hundred and sixty thousand miles. It was time. We got a nice seven seater, and a year later, we tried to figure out how to get out of a seven seater because we realized <laughs> we don't need a seven seater. We don't really like this this Acadia very much. So all these the things. Space happened, was amazing. The space was great. We were like, it's three of us, right? You <laughs> and me, the little tiny person. That what? What? Where are we going? <laughs> what are we doing? So. I I know this is a this is a family, standard family thing. I get it, okay? And if you guys said, look, we have three kids already, it's a different conversation. But sure, sure. you don't have to have a big car to have a family car. Oh, great. And you can have great. a family, and some of your cars aren't big. And I will also say this. I know I equate it to shoes all the time. You have running shoes. You have dress shoes. You have hangout shoes. You have the weird shoes you slip into because you got to step into the yard for five minutes and get the paper. Mm-hmm. We have all these shoes. Weird, smelly shoes, yeah. Cars can be like that. Every car doesn't have to do every task. It doesn't. That's true. So, Leslie, they want to really challenge you here, that you don't have to have all big cars. You guys don't. You don't have to. And I want to. I want to broaden the horizon here. That there can be cars. Maybe not now, but maybe in the future. That do different things. Not everything has to be a big SUV for the entire family or the family you think you'll have in the next decade. That's another thing that we we talk about a lot on this podcast. Well, guys, I'm buying a car because my wife and I plan to have two kids, maybe three. But we aren't even pregnant yet. In fact, we haven't even gotten married yet. And all of a sudden, Paul and I go, wait, 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 exactly. let's buy the car for now. Exactly. I'm putting that out there. I'm just going to let that trail off into the, into the ether, but there's where we're going. In spite of that, I did shop SUVs. Okay. I just, all right. I stayed all by right. the rules, fair, but I just fair want to push a little bit there. less, no, than just say so you guys could branch out. But first off, I want to talk about this. Please don't buy a new car right now because you expect it's going to hold its value like no car in history ever has. Yeah, very true. I very I, true. Look, I know we're in a weird market and I think that weird market is going to continue through most of this year 2022. I think that car prices are probably never going to recover to where they were pre-pandemic. I don't think they're ever going back there. I think they're but I do think they're going to drop. I think the madness is going to chill out some. But the prices we had Two yeah. years ago, we're not going back there. Agreed. So yeah. so we're going to have to accept the new, slightly more expensive reality, though I think the current reality is madness. And the current reality of everybody that buys a new car can sell it in six months for more money. Mm-hmm. That's going to die too. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I Hopefully. think is somewhat uh, depreciation proof right now for the next decade is the last ofs. We're making the last internal combustion whatever of this brand. Mm -hmm. We're making the last of this we ever will. Those will probably hang on to value. But your random CUV you buy this year that they're going to make a million of is not going to hang on to its value. So please don't shop thinking that. Totally. Agreed. I like the XC90. I hear you on the reliability of that. The Lexus GX, I'm going there, is ugly. I'm glad you guys like it. But I think that is a place where Lexus didn't need to put the Predator Maw. It's just too much. Now, it is fantastically imposing. It is big and boxy and all of those things you've asked for. It's a Lexus, so it's going to run wonderfully. But I will say this to you, Bruce. I agree with you on tech. Please don't buy the old tech in that truck. That is one that you have to get the new one. I say this because the old tech was the worst in the industry. The old interface that they have just replaced this calendar year was the worst in the industry. And if you're going to buy that and keep this car for 10 years, you're going to hate that.
0: Yeah. That's true. So just like they do now. If, with the, if, if you like with the, the look of the
1: GX, if you can get a good deal on one, if you like the stance and the feel, and it is big and imposing, it's it's the Land Cruiser from Lexus. It's going to run forever. I get it, but please buy the new one for that because that tech is is so frustrating to work with on a daily basis. My mother in law has one. She just bought a new Lexus, but it was before the tech update. The only reason I approved, right. but the reason I approved that for her is because she had her prior one for like five or six years, and she's not that tech-savvy, and she'd gotten used to the interface. It's it's a known thing. It's a terrible interface, but it's a known thing. That's a weird justification,
0: but that will work for more customers than just her. I said to her, I said, because you
1: already are used to this interface, I think it's okay for you to get. Because her and Apple CarPlay was like this whole other thing, like, what now? That confused her. (laughs) So she stayed with this ancient interface that's bad. So get the new one only. That's the GX. But I want to give you some other things to consider. Because you've got fifty dollars to spend. I think there's some other things you should drive. I'm not a big fan of saying get two of the same brand. But have you driven the new MDX? Interesting. The bigger one than your RDX? The new MDX has got a lot of updates. Paul and I are split on it. But I do think it's, it's an excellent, excellent SUV. So get a, get a drive in the new MDX and see if that is big enough. Now, I'm not a huge fan of you've got two Acuras in the garage. But it's worth driving. The Cayenne. Go yeah. look at a used yeah. Porsche Cayenne. Yeah. Because, Bruce, it has genuine fun driving, but it has a very, not in not an imposing, unwieldy feel, but it feels like a big, imposing thing that happens to be agile. That's the weird trick of the Cayenne. Sure. I can it say doesn't that. feel light. Your RDX feels kind of small. Sure. It, it, in the pantheon of, of SUVs, it feels like a kind of a small one. The Cayenne doesn't. It doesn't feel small, but yet it's agile. It, it doesn't feel like the big bruiser Escalades of the world. So I think you should drive a used Cayenne. They are quite reliable. My wife and I have had a great experience with ours. Get a middle-of-the-road one that has been well-maintained and keep up the maintenance. Now, the maintenance is where it's expensive, but they don't have a tendency to just randomly break. So look at the Cayenne. I also think you should look seriously at the Hyundai Palisade. Okay. All right. Because the Palisade is right about the top of your budget. But they are Excellent. They have a lot of room. They aren't actually all that big, but they have a a fairly imposing feel to them, a pretty boxy, imposing feel with a lot of space. They are easier to find somewhat than the Kia Telluride. The Tellurides are being massively marked up. The Palisade's less so. And I think that is, there's no question it's bigger than your RDX. I think the Palisade is, is a real front runner for you guys. I love the Genesis GV80 for you, but it's out of your budget. It is.
0: I mean, I like the GV70. I, the 70's good. Style, the 70, I think so the 70,
1: good. I'm wondering if the 70's still going to feel a little too small for Leslie. It's Whereas, just like
0: Genesis builds an RDX pretty, pretty yeah. much.
1: Whereas I think the Palisade is enough of a step up in size and it has a boxy feel about it that I think the Palisade may be where to land. But guys, lots of conversation. We want to hear where you end up. There's your new
0: cricket bats to pick up or yes, stuff golf. stuff for the Santa Cruz. This
1: is really where Paul still is. Underwater hockey. It should come with a, with a, with a beanie. And like a list of, here are your options of new things to take up. Look,
0: guys, the bog snorkeling championships happen in a peat bog in Wales every August.
1: Let's ship the the Santa Cruz over there. Let's get one of those little... They should come with the escape pod, little tiny little uh, RV thing behind them. They should come with one. You
0: guys have options of sports to take up, and you'll have the right car to do it in. (laughs) Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft
1: has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom fitted to your exact car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can
0: choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is
1: warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Adam in Colorado is looking for a fun sports car to enjoy with his kids and
0: himself when they're put to bed. He's got two boys and one baby girl. She'll stay home with mom for now. But that means he needs a back seat. Okay. Kids are young at this point, so it can be small, and booster seats are good enough. Okay. Now, Adam has always loved
1: a nine eleven. You saw that coming, didn't you? Screech. I'm a dad. I would like to. I would like to be able to put two kids in a small back seat. You know what I like the nine eleven. That no one is surprised so far. But keep going. <laughs> With the current prices of used cars, as we've mm-hmm. acknowledged and continue
0: to discuss, his budget may go further in another vehicle. That is. Putting it lightly or delicately.
1: <laughs> yes, well done, sir. Even
0: though mm-hmm. based on that sentence, I think you should go by with your budget of forty thousand dollars as much nine eleven as you can afford right now. Mm-hmm. Just go get it. You want a nine yeah. eleven? You
1: got forty thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm not seeing a problem. Forty thousand dollars. Kids, back seat equals nine eleven. Done. I, I, I think we're done here. Yes. Thank you for writing in. <laughs> this is less. gonna be a short podcast. <laughs>
0: Adam does say, is there anything else that uh-huh. we think he needs to consider to hold him over for a couple of years? So obviously it is inevitable the 9-11 will be happening.
1: Yes. Indubitably. That is the way it's written. It's like, I'm going to buy a 9-11, but do I buy one now or later? Pretty much. Essentially is where he's going.
0: But the crux of things, that reading between the lines, is about a fun car connected to age. Mm -hmm. Now, he's looking to buy in the next two, three months, $40,000 budget. This is the fun car, Canyon Carver, in the Colorado Mountains.
1: Love it. That's great.
0: He prefers a manual transmission. Yep. Says paddle shifters would be considered, depending on the car. Porsche makes a lovely PDK.
1: Yes, they do. But I think in that case, you still get a stick.
0: He has a list of past cars Mm -hmm. that are mostly trucks and SUVs, but he does currently drive an 09 BMW 328i six-speed rear-wheel drive in Colorado
1: on winter triers. And loves doing that, by the way. Loves it.
0: His minister of finance has a 2012 Yukon Denali. So
1: that's the other end of the the, spectrum. We have got that covered.
0: The shipping container
1: done on wheels. Yes.
0: His thoughts include the BRZ. He says it's fun, but too slow in Colorado. We get it. I think where we're at is a little bit above the elevation where you might be. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it equal. And sure, the down on power because of elevation, but nevertheless, I hate to just dismiss it entirely.
1: Well, I also get the sense that he's talking first gen. One of my number one yes. questions for Adam is, have you driven the update? And possibly not. Moving on.
0: He says, WRX, been there, done that, fun car, but not his style as he approaches age 35. <laughs> you're so old.
1: Adam, you've just aged out of so much stuff, man. man. Here is a champagne-colored Camry. Yeah. And you're, 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 you turn 36. Graduated. We to... give you a, a, a light beer and a champagne-colored right. Camry. Have a nice night. Be sure you're in bed by 9. <laughs> oh, man. Life just sucks from here on out. He says
0: Mustang maybe, Camaro maybe, and he's okay with German cars, obviously. He tries to do the work himself, mm-hmm. and he's currently maintaining an 09 BMW. That's Bravo. That's kind well of done, how sir. he puts mm-hmm. it. But, yes, I, I just think let's solve the 911 equation at this point, but if you want to hold off because of the crazy used car prices right now yeah. because of the yeah. market and see how things settle out, I hate to say it, but I think the people who are buying have need, not necessarily want, because if you're, you know, if people are in your situation, you wanted the fun car. All right, let's just hang out. Let's yeah. see what happens. It's either, Just look
1: around. It's either need or it's disposable income, and I have to be first. Anybody sure. in the middle sure. that is like, I really would like to stretch for a sports car, we're all holding back. Absolutely. Because what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand
0: that. Now, if you haven't had enough BMW in your life yet, you could consider the 235i or M240i. Thank you. Absolutely on my list. That's Number one, Yep, back seats, kids will cackle, burnouts, drifting, add the baby girl when you're ready.
1: Incredibly fun. Pack everybody in there and go to dinner. For sure. Have a lovely life.
0: But you need something refreshing. Okay. The 911 is indeed coming at you at some point. (laughs) Look out, 911 (laughs) incoming. Then you just need something completely different, and that might include a front-wheel drive car. I wondered about this, too. Keep going. You know the Honda Civic Si, the brand-new one, is... Mm -hmm. Kind of different. Refreshing has a big back seat. The kids Mm -hmm. are going to grow. But since you mentioned Colorado, Elevation said, "Eh, I need some power. Veloster ends are still out there. They're under your budget. Yep. Yep. But most of all, the 2022 Mini Cooper John Cooper Works. Oh, you're going there. We actually just drove and dropped a review on our test drive channel. Mm -hmm. We cackled. It's idiocy. And it's so much fun. It's the car we forgot
1: about. And that's one of those cars that the kids would just love because of its whole cute, fun demeanor yes. and the style. of your That's interesting because that is like a kid's playpen of a car. And I mean that as, as a huge compliment. Yes. That's a car that they would just be excited about. And I think you would love driving. I do like that a lot. I hadn't thought of that one. It's turboed. Yeah. You can
0: put winter tires on it. You can use it all year long. Yeah, Manual transmission is so much fun. It's just a delight to drive yeah. all the time.
1: And it's, I forgot about that. Well, here is the thing: in our test drive, I mentioned this, and I am going to mention it here again. It is the best entry level BMW being made right now. Is the Mini? It's pretty much that, and the M two CS. If you are looking at, if you're, <laughs> and we're done, everything else at the bottom of the BMW <laughs> lineup is kind of worth ignoring. I agree; mm-hmm. it's it's become much more like commute device. Otherwise, at BMW, but if you want an affordable, and I am putting it in quotes because they can be forty grand, you want an affordable entry level manual transmission BMW product, you buy a Mini. And that's why I thought he might be open to it because he's a current BMW owner. Yeah. yeah. It does have that
0: solidity thing that you love and that I love. But man, I mean, it's the, so good. It's it so is. much fun. It's just fun to look at, fun to drive. It's quirky, unique. It's just that different, refreshing I thing. Where you went. When you get in this, Adam. I mean, I think the two series is a great
1: one as well. But I think that I hadn't thought of that. That's really good because know very good. the yeah. rear-wheel drive 911 is coming.
0: Totally. Yeah. It, I, it almost sounds boring in comparison to the Mini. Like okay, it's coming. The nine eleven have to have nine eleven drool. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. on autopilot, Dad, <laughs>
1: headed toward nine eleven. All dads for nine 11s in this line. Everybody else over here. Why is the John Cooper Works mini line so short? That's very funny. I, I like this. get it. I'm
0: not trying to slag, but nevertheless, this mini is just refreshing. It is fun. You might just add the nine eleven. You might keep your mini. See, now I'm talking as if you've Look at already you. bought one.
1: Look at you. Yeah, yeah. And
0: you might just add the 911 down the road. It might be a GT3. Or who, all right. Your who, who wife knows? would
1: love driving the Mini. I'm putting it out there. Yes, Your wife would. would be like, that car's fun. We can I bet park you, it in the S. Have not met your wife, don't care. I, I'm telling you, I still firmly believe that car is fun enough. She'd be like, that car's surprisingly fun. Yeah, that's my pick for you. That's interesting. Okay.
0: We could go rear-wheel drive and, you know, GR86 and the new one, and I could try to convince you, but I'm going to convince a whole other section of people to go buy that car. Awesome. You
1: need the Mini that's good I did not have that on my list but I really I see where you went Adam I I have a few thoughts for you first off you said the BRZ doesn't have enough power and I'm going to go back here again and I'm going to say have you driven the second gen Mm -hmm. not because it's some revelation in power okay you still live at altitude it doesn't have a turbo I get all of that okay so it, it still might not be enough but there is enough of a change that I think it's worth entertaining because of course you give us this list and where does it point it points toward the 86 chassis if you're not doing a 911 I get it I will say that in the 911 world right now, right now, your 40 grand I looked is the bottom of the 997 market and that's really the one you want. You could get 996s, mm-hmm. but the bottom of the like the base 911s from 05 and up is right at 40 grand and they go up from there. So, do you want a 911 right now? Can you do it right now? How long are you waiting? I think the that's 997 point, is is where you want to be. What if
0: those go up? You know, everybody was waiting for two years, thinking, "All right, I'll just maybe, you know, wait till everything shakes out." But then the prices of those nine nine sevens have gone back up. Possibly. The, the other budget. thing
1: for you to ponder, Adam, and, and the nine nine seven, Watch yeah. our fifty years of nine eleven. We break them all down. Look, the the nine nine six. Uh, Chance had one for a while. They can be very good. They're the unloved ones, obviously. They're cheaper than the nine nine sevens. That's the prior gen, the late nineties, early two thousands. Those are out there too. If you're really shopping nine eleven for back seats, you go even newer. Because starting with the 991 in 2012, 13, somewhere in there, yeah. the car gets, frankly, I feel like too big to be a 911. But as a result, the back seats become genuinely usable. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, they work for kids in the generations prior, but they become genuinely usable starting the 991. Of course, that is out of your budget. I'm just giving you some milestones here on the world of the 911. Let's talk some of the other things you thought up. I like the Camaro Mustang for you. I like that Do option you? because it's so different. Yeah, That's why I like it, yeah, but I will maybe. say this to you. If you're looking for a car to take on back roads, go Camaro over Mustang. Think I so. like uh-huh. the Mustang. The Mustang's entertaining. You get up into the big GT350s. They're very good. We drove the Mach 1 recently. We like that a lot. The Mustang is really very good, but fundamentally, I believe the Camaro is a better chassis, and it has better handling. It just feels like it takes everything better. I feel like the Mustang, while superb in current form, Mm -hmm. I still drive the Mustang and think, I can't believe a muscle car is this good. I drive the Camaro and I just think, this is awesome. This is just good. I don't think the muscle car part of it I'm less aware of somehow in the current Camaro chassis. And they're a bit unloved compared to the Mustang. We've talked about the Mustang a ton here. I will say this, though. The key thing about both of those, Camaro or Mustang, is you need to get the most engine you can because part of the fun of both of those cars, Camaro and Mustang, is the big crazy engine. Right, right. Don't get the four-cylinder. Don't the, get the V6. Yeah. You've got to get that big V8 rumble. It's, it's key to the personality of enjoying those cars, even though I think the Camaro would be the better Canyon Carver of those two. Obviously, neither of them are the Canyon Carver of a 911 or the GR86, but we're talking about Camaro Mustang. So there's those. I have, have to completely back your play on the Veloster N. That was on my list. I was like, if you're going to go yeah. somewhere kind of oddball, you got little kids, you want to go somewhere oddball, it's chuckable, it's a canyon car, Veloster N. They would totally love it's that thing. It's got three doors. They get in on one side, and the kids have a special door just for them. There you go. Isn't it great? I you love it. You get it in the fantastic bright blue color that it comes in. So that cool. car is so much fun. Veloster N is definitely on my list. And I have a wild card for you. I have a wild card because it's the sleeper dad car. I didn't go smaller. I went bigger than your current BMW. No kidding. Alpha Julia. Oh, that's pretty good. Get one of those. That's pretty good. Because it has a great, sexy sports car look, Mm -hmm. but it's a four-door dad car. You will, I mean, look, you get a BMW, everybody's seen a million BMWs. Everybody's seen a million of a lot of these cars. Frankly, you get a 911, and people have seen a ton of those. How many Julias did you see today? Yeah, they're not That's a bit of a special car. You get yourself a rear-wheel drive, Alpha Julia, and it will shock you with how much fun it is on a canyon road. And then you have room for kids to grow. I'm wild card territory because I didn't (laughs) go small sports car, which is where I like to go. Sure, sure. But Alpha Julia, man, Adam, I'm telling you, that car will surprise you. You need to at least go drive it. Adam, you've got some choices to make.
0: And if you've got a debate like Adam's or Bruce's, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com with your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and you guys have been great at that. Thank you. Yeah, it's
1: good stuff. And your car debates. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website, unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us
0: talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car.
1: Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. You posted a picture of the uh, Ford Maverick. I did. We just got for a shoot we're going to do for both YouTube and TV. And something about that bright blue Ford Maverick brought out the questions. Not just about that, just in general. You guys have buried us. I've got so many in front of me here. It's astounding. Jumping in with the first here.
0: Let's see. Colnago, 1331. Track Daily Crush. Steve McQueen's Mustang from Bullet. Okay. Okay. Nicholas Cage's Mustang, Eleanor from Gone in 60 Seconds. Eleanor, of course, yeah. And Keanu's Mustang from John Wick. From John Wick. Ooh. Uh,
1: I've, yeah, I've got this. I've got it. Yep. Ooh. Yep.
0: I don't know what year Keanu's Mustang is offhand. I don't either. I don't ever remember if he said what year it was. But I like the style. I like the look of that better. And I'm going to daily that. Okay. Mainly because it's also Keanu and it's John Wick, and I like the John Wick series. This mindless, nearly plotless, awesome. Just you and I are one hundred percent split on those movies.
1: <laughs> I know you're a fan. I am really not. But anyway, and then I'm going to
0: crush Steve McQueen's Mustang because it didn't seem special enough. Because it's just other it's than Steve just McQueen's
1: just in it, a Mustang. I agree with you on this.
0: I it's do. Green and it's him. Yes, but it's. Just a Mustang from that era.
1: It's not like some special, he created the killer Mustang. Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: And then I'm going to track Eleanor because let's, let's hope so. yeah. that's the car you want on track, right? Yeah. Theoretically. You think. You, you want the go three. fast button, flip up the lid, and go fast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? Leave, leave Nicolas Cage over there, take <laughs> Eleanor. Absolutely. Exactly. Also, apparently, a Mustang that can be jumped. Bent in half and still driven off. You know. It's fine. It's, it's going to be, be It's fine. really fine. That, that'll buff out. It's going to be great. The
0: mirror fell off. It's fine. Just put her back on.
1: Jesse wrote in on Twitter and said that we kind of stumped him. He did a track daily crush on the last podcast. He put the V Cross in thinking it was a shoe in, and I crushed it.
0: I know you did. And now he's horrified. <laughs> so he's starting
1: again. He's like, I have to completely rethink this. Track daily crush, mid-2000s, offbeat all-wheel drives. He's got the Volvo S60R the Mazda Speed 6 and the Subaru Legacy GTB spec track daily crush. I oh, have an answer. Okay, good. I'm actually going to crush that S60R. I like it, but I'm crushing it. I'm tracking that Subaru Legacy GTB spec. Are you? That was a surprisingly good car. We okay. didn't test drive okay. that forever ago. Surprisingly good car. Also, it's Subaru Legos. If you mm. wanted to turn that into a track monster with all the STI parts, you just have to bring your wallet. Mm. So that Subaru Legacy is definitely the track car, and that means I get to daily the Mazda Speed 6, which I always liked and is a really cool daily, and it's all-wheel drive, and I would drive that every day easily. Wow.
0: All right. All right. Fair enough. Let's see here. There was a question that kind of stripped my gears. from Nils Hagstrom 24. Nils says, Is the new Ford Maverick and the new BRZ, or I'll put GR86 in there. Sure. The perfect two-car garage. That's a good one. That's up there. That's way up there because Nils, now you've created a perfect garage for nearly every need for <laughs> under sixty thousand dollars. That's a
1: good point. Yeah, that's a very Holy good point. cow! That's an
0: at the minimum, it's an aspirational garage because that's that good. is so is well good. chosen.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Gabe on Instagram says, if the Recaros on the Fiesta ST are too tight for him, will the same be the case in the Focus RS? Gabe, I haven't driven both of those cars back to back or even recently, but I will say this: the Fiesta ST Recaros always felt too tight for me, and I never remember having a problem in the Focus RS. So take that as you will. I don't. I mean, I remember the Recaros in the Focus RS being good. Also, it's a bigger car. I mean, the Fiesta ST—they were fitting tiny Recaros in that car. I don't even think those were the same Recaros in any other car they made. I'm pretty sure the ones in the Focus ST and the RS were both bigger. So I think you'll probably be fine.
0: Alex Madaloni says, what are our thoughts on carmakers like GM going straight to develop battery electric vehicles and glossing over the HEVs and PHEVs, the plug-in hybrids, or just the hybrid electric vehicles? He says, given America's geography and lack of charging infrastructure, the H and PHEVs suit America's car needs better than battery electric vehicles and are more affordable. He says, Toyota's model of hybridizing their lineup is a smart one that he thinks other carmakers should implement. Well, I'm with you there, Alex, because of the infrastructure and lack thereof at this point, even though it's growing and all the infrastructure manufacturers, all of them will say, look how many, you know, here's our map, you can mm-hmm. plan your trip mm-hmm. and it is getting better, but not so to the point where I think everybody's really considering an electric car to really add, really mm-hmm. go buy one because there's, there's still that lingering question. Huh? Just, I just don't know. I have to rethink my life. I, you know, it's i automatic for all of us. Now I need gas. There's a nearest gas station. Yeah. You oh, look, there's one on the corner. Fill oh, yeah. up instantly. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue because at this point, the fill up, as you've talked about extensively, isn't instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And so hybrids are a great balance, even though there's some that do it well. And some that don't. Some that are noisy and intrusive and they're too heavy and they don't drive well. And it is stopgap tech, definitely. It It is. It doesn't work, though. For sure. But it's a good way of making you feel like you're in a real car and you have the comfort in your heart knowing you can get in and go drive 350 miles and then go fill up and you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's fair. You don't have to redefine your life and your schedule and your route just to fix the problem. You know, okay, we got to go there and we got to... Wait about 40 minutes there. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to get bored of Instagram pretty quick. So. Well, assuming
1: that there's no line for the Charger. I mean, right. There's, lo- there's lots of things that play. doesn't mean it doesn't work, but there's lots of things you have to rethink. But I think there's some car
0: manufacturers that have just gone all in, and they're thinking too quick. Because I continue to read stories about, yep, we're coming out. It's going to be you know, a full lineup of all electric vehicles. As if the public, not just in North America, but worldwide, is all in. I don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. And I think car manufacturers at this point have not really realized that or done the focus groups or maybe they have. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm completely off base here, but the sentiment that I get from everybody we talk to things that we read about it isn't like we can't wait to buy we're just holding back
1: wishing you would build it yeah well no, there, that's not the case there was a study done recently and somebody sent us a link and I don't have it in front of me and I'm sorry about that but thank you for sending it and I read the article as well and it was a it was a study that was done where they were asking people about what they were going to buy next it was like a quarter or less said they were seriously considering an electric car mm-hmm. and less than 50% were even vaguely considering an electric car. Now, I'm not saying that that is set in stone, but it was very interesting because I remember when I was reading the study, that the the field of the study was kind of like, huh, well, that's a surprise, you know, <laughs> right, because right. The, the the assumption would have been, well, yeah, my next car will be electric, and a lot of people are like, no, I'm not planning on it. There was another article about one in
0: five owners, electric car owners, say they would go back Some to a uh, uh, internal combustion engine vehicle, and it's a little bit like skis versus snowboards. It mm. seems like everybody you talk to, once they've gone to snowboard, it's like skiing is ancient and irrelevant and mm-hmm. no good and you shouldn't skiing. even consider it why would because I, ski. Why would you ski? Snowboarding, man. Come on. And I, I mean, you and I have both done snowboarding for a long Absolutely, time. Yeah, We've sure. both gone back to skiing. Yeah. I just I like skiing better. I grew up on skis. I like skis there's the whole industry, as you said, is built around skiing.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's
0: kind of the same thing where we're at now with the whole automotive industry. The whole industry is built around gas stations on nearly every corner. Yeah. And your perception about, you know, how to fill up and the cost of electric cars Mm -hmm. and getting into it. If you're not rematch and you're coming out with an electric supercar, don't tell me, don't announce it. (laughs) Don't say we're coming out with an amazing new electric hypercar, supercar, Why don't you go do it, introduce it, make sure it works, Mm, and mm. then tell everybody about it? Because for you to keep teasing all of us, with any manufacturer, Alex, it just seems like we've got the next one coming. Oh, it's coming. I don't know when, and we're running into roadblocks and the chip (laughs) shortage, but but it's coming, and we're going to be in the forefront. Try to stay excited for the next four years. We're going to have 20 new models coming in 2020, uh, I don't know when, but... Stay
1: tuned. <laughs> there is a lot of that going on right now. You're right. That's very Stop
0: funny. Stop it. Build it. Put it in dealerships. We'll see how people buy it. And then let's see from there. Is it a thing? Am I wrong? Great. If I'm not, tow in the pool. And that's why I do like the
1: hybridization. Paul asks on Instagram, he says uh, he's debating two very different things for a winter car. Would we rather... For snow and ice driving in general, a Tesla Model 3 rear-wheel drive specifically, okay, or a current Miata, the ND2 Mazda Miata with the limited-slip differential, both on winter tires. Which would we prefer for winter driving? I will tell you absolutely the MX-5. (laughs) Agreed. Doesn't mean that the Tesla wouldn't do it. The Tesla would do it just fine. But… When I think and this maybe this is just me, but when I think of winter driving, it's not even this is not even an electric versus non question for me, honestly. The reason I, I give that answer is because when I'm thinking about winter driving, I want to feel like I can easily control the car in any situation. Hmm. And the smaller and more communicative the car, the more I feel that. The Miata is fantastic in the winter. We did a piece that's actually on our test drive channel where we put it up against a Nissan Rogue and we talked about winter versus all seasons and SUVs versus sports cars and all this kind of stuff. But for that week when we had an MX-5 on winter tires in the middle of a Utah winter, I'm not sure you and I have ever had more fun driving. Yeah. We've had equivalent fun, but it was so much fun because it's just easy and you can't get yourself in trouble. It just feels everything just feels like, okay, that will just do that. And now, granted, we in our area get a lot of snow. We don't get a lot of ice, but you're talking about a rear wheel drive car in both scenarios. I would take the MX five for the controllability and the fun. Mm, Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that all the way. Alex asks about the C7 corvette. We had a C7 that we put with the C8. We went we got specifically and this is on our YouTube channel and Amazon and everywhere else. We got specifically a first year Base model C7 Corvette to put with the first year base model C8. There were some discussions about you should have had the very best version of the C7, and our comment was, yeah, but they haven't gotten to the best of the C8 yet. Let's see what Genesis was for both gens. We put those together. The problem with that first gen C7 is it had a six speed automatic, which was not good. Alex's question is, is the eight speed any better? Yes, it is. It <laughs> is a better transmission. The yeah. eight speed auto is, if you're going to go automatic C7, go eight speed versus the older six-speed, though I'm going to recommend to you if you can, go manual.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, it takes advantage of that that power. Uh, power the eight-speed was just a, better, just a, was little just bit a better. better
1: automatic, for sure.
0: Rick Dreyer asks, which Maverick is best? The truck, the AGM-65, which is an air-to-ground cruise missile built by Raytheon, <laughs> Mel Gibson,
1: or Tom Cruise? That is a fantastic question. That's <laughs> really good. Which
0: Maverick are you going with? Yeah, Mel Gibson was okay, but... I always associate Tom Cruise with Maverick,
1: yes, of course you always. Do. and that movie's eventually coming out. Do you know Do you know the entire reason that movie has not come out yet is because Tom Cruise is one of the very rare actor producers who has enough clout to put his foot down and go absolutely not otherwise it would I mean anybody else in that movie would have come out on streaming already. You mentioned that to me, and that was because of theatrical release issues he has he has major deals major back end because keep in mind this guy is a guy that he builds entire movies around himself he's the executive true. producer he's, he's everything true okay yeah. so his contracts he gets I think I don't know the numbers but he gets I think better than any other actor in Hollywood as far as the pre- percentage of box office take that goes right into his pocket so he stood his ground with Paramount, who, let's be honest, Paramount doesn't have a whole lot of big franchises to even work with anyway, and he said this absolutely will not go to streaming. It is a theatrical experience, which is why that release date keeps jumping down the calendar. It's supposed to come out the beginning of this summer, and I suspect it's going to be massive, and I can't wait to see it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I When uh, you were telling me about Fallout, a little bit of spoiler alert here on Mission Impossible Fallout, the movie, the very end in the helicopter flying scenes. Yes. He was in the helicopter by himself. Yes. And not mm. until you told me that I realized, yeah, you have to do it over and over and over to get the multiple camera angles. Not only is he flying the helicopter, but mm. he's acting too. Yes. And having this, the sense of you know urgency and in, in yes. the scene. So he's acting, directing and flying the machine uh-huh. all at
1: once. And I went, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's an amazing behind-the-scenes on that film. And because he is a pilot, no, I'll give you another teaser. There's a, a, a P-51 Mustang that's in the trailer for the new uh, Maverick film. Okay. I bet you money it's his because he owns one. He's had one forever. Oh, he's no a kidding. long-time I didn't know. pilot. He's owned a P-51 forever and talks about flying it and likes it because oh I'm gosh. also a plane geek. So I'm sure that that one in there is his. <laughs> but, but he's a long-time pilot. So Christopher McQuarrie, who's a director writer actually really like, is the guy behind the mission impossible movies now. And there's an amazing behind the scenes. And besides, you know, he's Mr. I do all my own stunts. Yeah. But they literally had one camera rig on the chopper at a time because if you put more than one on the cameras would see each other right exactly so we got to do the over the shoulder shot go do your 15 minute fly now we got to do the straight on shot go do your 15 minute fly oh my Uh, god this is how they shot that end helicopter chase sequence because he's in a chopper by himself and they actually felt it's 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 truly, Mind it's mad It's madness. And
0: I love the movie. I love Mission Impossible series. I love that one. That was fantastic.
1: And I did hear, I'm sorry, I'm off on a whole thing because I love <laughs> no, flight good, movies. and good. Tom Cruise doing his own stunts makes me laugh. I did hear that he was quite angry that when he shot Top Gun 2, they wouldn't let him do the flying for himself. No kidding. He
0: Although you think
1: that. But but he's also, but also let's 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 approach this for a second. He's also a man that is roughly sixty years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And he wasn't ever, in spite of his flight experience, he wasn't ever a fighter pilot. So he was <laughs> all, he was a little frustrated with the Navy that they wouldn't let him just take an F eighteen out and film all his stuff. And the Navy was like, you know, we're gonna put you in the back seat and we're gonna make it look right. <laughs> like we did on the original talk. Which of John. your
0: F-18s can I take today? I'm going to exactly. check one out.
1: What's crazy is Tom no, Cruise not. has the money. He should have just bought a couple and he been like, I'll take say. my own F-18. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you kind of need more than one person to run an F-18, do you not? No, it's not, not in, just not a in the, the cockpit. The key. No, it
1: is. But you do need a ground crew. You kind of need a ground, yeah, ground we're, crew. We're going to hire some people. Run this thing. There was a guy. <laughs> years, sorry, I'm off on a huge rant. There was a guy <laughs> years ago that bought an old decommissioned, I think it was an F-4. The Phantom oh, F4. The, uh, the, the Vietnam era. The Vietnam yeah, yeah, era yeah. jet, okay? Yeah. He bought one, and it came with the manuals, the service manuals. Oh, my gosh. And the service manuals filled the back wall of his hangar. <laughs> because it's an F4. Oh, my god! And that's gosh. not even a
0: modern jet. Anyway, onward. Wow. Cameron Moon says, for the first M car, is the competition worth the extra money over the standard M2? 2018 standard M2 is within budget. It's within reach. But an 18 or 2019 competition is doable, but a bit of a stretch. So, is it worth it? Will be manual transmission either way. Mm. Cameron, in the world of M2s, which is a small world, (laughs) I'm going to approach it like buying computer equipment. Okay. Whenever you're purchasing a new laptop or a tower, computer, whatever it is, because of the march of technology, Mm. you want to buy the best you can afford at the time. In the case of the M2, I think it's the same thing. Mm. The competition is... Is usually the car BMW should have built straight out of the gate. Mm. Why did you give us like the base hot? The non
1: competition version. This
0: is how it should be. Just give us version. Make it like this. (laughs) Don't give us the one before. Make it exactly like this. I liked it so much better that. Interesting. Okay. The M2s are great. Mm Any M2 is great. But where you're at, if you're on the fence, go competition. I don't think you'll regret it a day.
1: I don't think you'd regret it either, but I also think if you decided you could only get the original version, I don't think you would be like, I just don't like this car. I think you'd still love Certainly. it.
0: Certainly. Absolutely. But, but you're going to look at that point. car and I think, I see your point. Well, I could, I could probably buy the M2 competition insert part here to turn my <laughs> base M2 into a competition, <laughs> yeah, and it, then you're except doing Except for the, the engine
1: thing. swap. Yes, for sure. Yes. Two questions about our latest TV season. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We just finished our... Uh, 86 versus MX five episode. And then tomorrow's episode is the Bronco versus Wrangler, which I'm very excited for you guys to Horse see versus rider. Two different questions that have come up. One from Jared Rose, one, and also from Mr. McGillicuddy over on Twitter. First question is, uh, do we get to say where motor Trend places their pop-ups? Yes. And no, yes, we give them <laughs> 40 second swaths where they can put them. The problem is that motor trend with each passing season is making their bottom pop-ups bigger. It's maddening because what Motor Trend Cable yeah. Channel is really trying to do is just drive you to the app. We're not on the app. We're on Amazon, and we're on YouTube because we own the show. But their pop-ups are getting more and more egregious every season, and now they're taking the show, and they're putting the show in one corner third for the last couple of minutes so they can advertise more stuff on the rest this of the This is aggravating. It's frustrating. We tell them where to make them The least obnoxious, but they're so obnoxious anyway. It still happens. So I'm sorry about that. But then you've also asked Mr. McGillicuddy about when can you see the stuff that is on Motor Trend Cable Channel other places the Motor Trend cable channel it will come to Amazon Prime as soon as we can get it up there Vimeo as well our patrons will get it very early Vimeo as well and we'll also follow on YouTube in the next few months you'll see it by by summertime you will have seen the entire season on YouTube but it also will be everywhere else first we will be very specific when something launches for streaming we will mention it here it is coming very soon I just don't have it up yet so I don't want to be like yeah go right now because it's not up quite yet Macman E82 asks why
0: we're seeing so many TRX sales in such a short time compared to the Trackhawk sales, which have been out for much longer. Does this mean that trucks are actually more popular than the current SUV craze? Well, I think that truck is more popular than the current SUV craze. But trucks in general will sell. It Mm -hmm. almost doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you build at this point. If it's a truck,
1: people will buy it. I I honestly think, and I I say this, look, I'm only saying based on my own experience and others that we know that have driven that truck that have said similar things to us or said similar things on camera. I'm not a big pickup guy. I'm not a guy that I like a big pickup. Right. Right. And I would own the TRX. The TRX is this weird thing because of everything it does that you get in it. And and I say this as a non-truck guy, but again, I've heard this from others. You get in it and the entire time you are besieged by two thoughts. This is entirely unnecessary and stupid followed by, I really want this
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: more so than the Trackhawk, more so than any other Hellcat product I've driven. The TRX just screamed that the entire time. Unnecessary must have <laughs> guys. We really appreciate all your questions.
0: Continue writing to us. It's always nice to hear from you. EverydaydriverTV at gmail.com. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.